0: This show is part of the Planetside Podcast Network. For more information, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. And thank you for listening. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe require some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast@gmail.com. at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. And go to SayThisCast.com to hear previous episodes. I was going to say, like, you know, we were talking about how I don't have anger in my heart for Trump. And what did you say?
1: Before he was president, he was a pitiable little man who still ruined people's lives. Like the amount of times that he shafted people financially like is to me is enough to like warrant somebody going to fucking jail over it or something like to that effect because there's a lot of white collar crime that does more than like a singular murder. And in respects to like his whole scams, he's done quite a few that have probably had worse outcomes than like one single murder but don't know why I forgot this the last time but he's like raped a ton of children Mm,
0: yeah and women that's a that's a good point yeah in my life I've always thought that pity is worse than anger I Mm. think that's why I definitely have hatred for him but I also pity him
1: I'm trying to think of somebody I would pity
0: I mean that's me that's, that's like... No,
1: like, when you said pity, I started thinking about what I think pity means to me. hmm And I'm not really sure if I know. Hmm. To me, typically, sometimes, like, I'll pity, like, somebody who is trying their very best, but it's not good enough. Or, like... Yeah. Is trying to, like, get along with something, but just doesn't know what's going on with it. Like, I pity that. But that comes from a place of compassion. I think for me, most of the time, pity comes from a place of compassion Mm -hmm. and I have zero compassion in my heart for like Trump.
0: Yeah, me neither. I I think that, I mean, for me, there's like two kinds of pity. At least there's the kind that you were talking about. And then there's that feeling, you know, when you get in trouble and your parents are like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. And that hits you directly in your heart. Yeah, that that feeling like that. That's how I feel like I like that is the most hurtful that I can feel for someone Mm. like anger is something that that you can meet like that. Like if I'm angry at Trump or angry at Trump supporters, then uh, they're like, "Ooh, screw you. Whatever, you know? Yeah. But if I'm like, I pity you, then there's not really a response for that. You're you're sad and you're insignificant and I want you in jail. But you're just you're just a sad person.
1: Yeah, I mean I pity them insofar as the fact that they're fucking themselves almost as hard as they're fucking me.
0: That is that is pitiable as well
1: like i've met a few people or talked to a few people who like think that they're getting like me because i'm black like Mm -hmm. specifically and i'm like i'm so sorry hunty i got class privilege you're getting yourself (laughs) 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 which i think is something that a lot of people miss yeah when talking to people who are black is it's like oh sweet summer child no i'll just immigrate Like, (laughs) my Jamaican passport is on the way. I mean, I don't know what the fuck you're going to do. I know, (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't have
0: dual citizenship anywhere. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, with with people that are all in for Trump, like completely all in, that is
1: for poor people who are all in on trump i'm like you live a sad and unfulfilling life and you think that this is going to change it but really you're going to ruin the planet and like we all die from it but like you will also die from it
0: and i think that's sad like that they're that they're like that and uh like there i have compassion for them honestly fair but i'm i'm more charitable than most people i think you are. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: so, I mean, like definitely more so than me. Well, I mean, that's obvious.
0: <laughs> so, but yeah, with with people like Trump, I I just it, like there's no there's no feeling for him. It's just you deserve to to suffer and I don't care. I don't even care. I'm not. I don't even care enough about you to be angry because I think anger is like a strong emotion and he's not worth it. That's kind of what I what I mean.
1: I think that's fair. I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) I hate his kind and I feel like they have to get them out.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. You have to get them out. You totally have to get
1: They're to be destroyed. I can't like I can't pity something. The, like, I can kind of pity something that... I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a hard thing to wrap your head
1: around. Welcome, party people, to the Chaotic Good podcast. I shouldn't have to say this. I am here, reluctantly, today. Jo- <laughs> Nicole, my name is Nicole, and I'm joined here today by my podcast co-host genre we don't want to be here but i just i i truly suspect this will be a quick episode because i want to get in and get out like i want biden to get into office for four years and then get the fuck up hopefully in a casket uh yeah,
0: anyway we both we, we're we're both just this whole episode is just us going i guess
1: yeah so i don't want to make this episode and i have a outline for once and so i'm going to try and follow it for once uh wow. yeah so in case you ever wonder why the episodes are all over the place you just peek in behind the curtain for a second here
0: yeah anytime that they that everything is concise and to the point she has had a a whole outline uh it's just- Yeah, prepared. I might
1: might actually tell you what's written on it at certain times because I was highly emotive. So, (laughs) point number one. I don't want to make this fucking episode, but y'all wildin'. Um, (laughs) 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 And two. I don't want to have to care enough about electoral politics to make this episode, but there are a lot of people who seem to care a lot about electoral politics enough to make me have to make this episode. <laughs> so here we are. So I think a really nice place to start is to steel man some of the Bernie or Bust positions and then counter those positions with, and these are in uh, full caps, facts and logic. Today we're countering Bernie or Bust with facts and logic. Steelman. I'm going to represent the arguments as accurately as I can, as I understand them. Okay.
0: That is a term I haven't heard before, so...
1: I'm going to start with the first one I hear a lot, and it is the dumbest. Electoral politics are important, and we should probably divest from them. So, true! Electoral politics are not a shortcut to progressive change. A lot of people were treating Bernie's uh, presidential candidacy as though it were. That's not how it works. If Bernie Sanders were elected president of the United States, there'd still be a ton of work to do on a local level because as it turns out, we do not live in a socialist country, nor a progressive country, nor really a liberal country. So we'd really need to do a lot of work getting it there. It'd be nice to have a president who reflected those values and actually wanted to do things that help people, but by no means was he a silver bullet to the problems that existed. Right. It is far more important in radical politics to focus on a local level to get shit done. I will give you an example. So in Illinois, I knew a woman who was running for office, friend of my mother. And she said, yeah, I decided that I was going to run for office because it occurred to me that when I looked at the number of registered voters and the amount of time before the election that I could talk to every single voter individually for an hour and still have time left over. (laughs) <laughs> so it's a lot easier to convince people of your political beliefs when you can talk to them and address their concerns in a one-on-one format. Yeah, it just is. It's way more effective. And also if you have like 10 leftists in a town, sometimes that's all you need to win an election. Right. To be perfectly honest. So yeah, change on a, Mutual aid and also outside of electoral politics completely, there are tons of mutual aid stuff and community organizing and showing people in the community that they don't need the old trodden ways of like the Democratic or Republican Party to get shit done. It's a really good way of creating use cases for different things that we talk about for instance there's an organization in chicago that has a bunch of guys who are pillars of the community and they take to the street and they try and defuse heated situations where like somebody might get shot they're unarmed and sometimes it works and they also don't end up dead that much
0: Nice. Not that much.
1: I mean, not that much. Not that I've heard of. Here's a bunch of guys who aren't even given a gun or any sort of authority by the state. And they're able to more effectively mediate some of these situations than a cop would be. So, like, that's something cool and nice to do. Also a mutual aid, showing people that if you build community, communities can take care of each other rather than trying to isolate ourselves and see ourselves as hyper individualistic beings that don't need anybody else. These are better uses of time generally as leftists than a fucking presidential election.
0: A couple of things that I can add is uh, if you look at local elections for aldermen, for city council, for any really local elections, you see more independents, you see more third parties,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: see a lot, and that and that really shows you that people on a local level they just care about getting represented by the best person. If, you, if some person from, like, the Green Party shows up, and they're like, I want to be your representative, and here's why, and they can actually talk to you.
1: If they have better ideas or can give the people what they want, they have a pretty good shot. Exactly. Bernie Sanders is an independent and was able to have a very successful 30-something year-long political career being an independent in his small district in Vermont.
0: Exactly. In Western Massachusetts is very small communities, so people like Jim McGovern can have town halls and talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the re, probably part of the reason why he's run unopposed for so long because you know like and that's that's another thing but you know the 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 ability for a representative to speak directly to as many of their constituents as possible is vitally important and that's why a lot of good people can get elected to yeah. to office
1: And it's cool that Bernie Sanders was somebody who brought all these conversations to the national stage and we started being able to have these conversations that really should be happening on a federal level. It didn't work as well as we wanted it to. Uh, It's worked pretty well, to be perfectly honest, but there's still a lot to be done. And frankly, there's still no shortcut to just getting out there in local areas and trying to get people to start caring about their community and things that affect them more. Also, you'll notice that there's not a huge number of progressive or left-leaning politicians on a national stage. We need more feeder fucking candidates. And all of this starts in local elections. <laughs> when you ask somebody, "So if Bernie's not running in four years, obviously, dude's right. like, one million years old, who's somebody with a similar political leaning that you think could run?" Well, the majority of fucking people say AOC, I don't even think that she's going to be old enough?
0: She's not. She, well, she, in four years
1: Yeah I don't uh, know. She,
0: she might be She, she might, might be, a be year 35.
1: Off. or 34. But like, she's not even old enough. And so if that's the division between like, the people that we could run for president, obviously, there's a fucking problem here.
0: People don't realize that state politics are the farm team for national politics. Yeah, you want to you want to get into the big leagues, then you run for state office, you run for state senator or representative in the state house, and then you can get picked up and go to the Big leagues in the in the US Senate or the US House.
1: Exactly. And that's one thing that the left has been outmaneuvered on over and over and over again by the right, but that's something that we need to do. So yes. truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair. But two, to get back to the arguments. No, yeah, we did. We moved through my two points about the truth in the statement that electoral politics aren't as important as we're acting like they are, and we should probably divest from them in some way. Yeah. But they are, in fact, still important. The president... Trump, in particular, wields an incredible amount of institutional power. He can, for instance, send federal troops to go spirit protesters away with complete and total impunity or to tell police forces all over the country that it's open season on reporters trying to cover protests, which would probably be far more violent on the cops end if it wasn't for the presence of the press. Right. He has a lot of fucking power. Let's not diminish that. It'd be nice to have a sympathetic president than a not sympathetic president. And that's why there are so many leftists who really put everything behind Bernie fucking Sanders, because it would have been nice to have somebody who's at least like, (laughs) yeah, the logic is there.
0: You can see it. And there's been power creep with the presidency for decades
1: Trump basically wields limitless fucking power. So long as you can't prove that that he, like he's too stupid to actually attribute any malintent to in a legal sense and so that you can't actually say he was doing this in order to do this other thing cuz like the the legal argument always comes back to he's an oblivious oaf. So yeah. It's not he he can get away with anything. Also, Another point that I would like to bring up super briefly, but this is probably another entire podcast, is that there are a lot of people who claim to be divesting from electoral politics who also spend a lot of fucking time telling people to not vote in the presidential election or to vote a third party or trying to figure out another way to weasel a third party into our two-party system. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like... If you don't care about electoral politics, I expect to see you talking about all of the many other political issues that we have on our plates right now. I don't expect 52,000 tweets about how Biden sucks, you know? Seriously. So it doesn't seem to me like a lot of these leftists who are after divesting from electoral politics are actually for divesting from electoral politics. But that's like just my own feeling understandable. It's just weird. So that's argument number one. Electoral politics are important. Don't get it twisted. They aren't as important as people act like it is in an election year, but it's still important. And it's still probably nice not to have like a literal fascist as president, but like moving on.
0: That would be nice. I would enjoy that.
1: Biden is as bad as Trump is the second one that i've seen this Uh, comes back over and over and over again they're both rapists they're both this and they're both that and to that i say yes they're fucking cut from the same cloth both rapist pieces of shit self-fucking brain oozing out the ear ass old men fair sure yeah but (laughs) one is literally just worse than the other you compare somebody who we just know have raped more than 10 children at least and then like tack on a lot of grown-ass women and you compare it to a guy who like to the public's knowledge and i'm sure that this is not the it's not just one person but like biden has been a fucking creep to like how many women so it's like it's literally it is a question of scale to a little bit now i don't think that the lesser of two evils argument is always super persuasive but it just fucking look man It, it, (laughs) it it just literally applies also shades of gray exist here's something that i've heard more times than i would like to admit Various forms of, if they're both bad, then they're both bad. And that's a reason not to vote for them. The most uh. egregious, like the most egregious ones that I've heard have been, you know, people talking about healthcare and say like, well, Biden might get some more people on healthcare, but it won't be everybody. So what does it matter? And it's like, I think it matters to the people that would get healthcare, but okay then. And then <laughs> second of all, Here is something that I've heard verbatim, and to be fair, I think this guy was probably, like, a class reductionist. But he said, Trump is going to probably bomb 40,000 brown children in the Middle East, and Biden will bomb 30,000. What's the difference? 10,000 brown children. Yeah. 10,000 brown children. Like, when you when you make this shades of gray fucking argument that two things are bad, therefore they are bad, it makes you sound like a callous piece of shit because yeah. you literally reduce... You say that the difference between harm doesn't matter because the difference... You reduce people down to a fucking statistic possibly in favor of accelerationism, which is the next bullet point that I have here. So... For the layman on the podcast, accelerationism is the idea that we should make things as bad as possible. And from seeing how bad it can get, the people will revolt and it will somehow go and the revolution will happen. And this will only happen in time for climate change
0: the burn-everything-down method of politics.
1: Yeah, which I actually agree with, but, but accelerationism is more make it as bad as possible so it gets burned down because it's bad for everybody, right. not just break it down and, re- and rebuild something else. So yeah. um, here is what I have written for verbatim, and you can bleep as much of this out as possible. Okay. Are you kidding me, you more moron? LARPing the left is not ready for the motherfucking revolution. All right. And I would like to add on to this point. If the revolution started today, the left in this country, even if the liberals who are unlikely to join our cause, but even if they joined us, we would lose on yep. site. Yep. Even if the federal government didn't get involved, if it was just the rights militias Against ours, we would fucking lose. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the support. We don't have the... We don't have it. We're just starting to see people... (sighs) We're just starting to see people become more sympathetic to more leftist talking points people are just becoming more sympathetic to the idea that weed should be legalized that the police probably aren't the best tool for every job in the fucking book you're telling me like the country our country the united states is a fascistic fucking country and public sentiment (laughs) hasn't changed enough for that not to be true accelerationism would not go in the left's fucking favor right now there is more work that has to be done we need to radicalize more people we need to build more frameworks we need to probably figure out how we're going to face off against right-leaning militias like the fucking proud boys we need to figure out some shit and we're starting to but as it stands right now, and probably over the next four years, accelerationism does not favor the left. It's a stupid argument. We lose right now. Straight up.
0: Basically, if you burn the system down, then who's in that? Basically, if, it's, if the system is a house and you burn the system down, who can escape that house and who's trapped in the basement?
1: Yeah. Right now, the left's trapped in the basement and the fash wins. So right. I don't want to take that bet. Just on its face, it seems wrong. And people who think that it will just work out our way because of something, something human nature are stupid. People in this country are really bad and they don't yet think of ourselves as a community worth protecting. I mean, you can just see it in the attitudes towards wearing a fucking mask. Are you telling me that it's, it's, it's very stupid? But I have another couple of points. <clears throat> go off during the Obama era a lot of people were radicalized to the to like both ends of the political spectrum you had like the rise of the alt-right yes but you also had a growing leftist movement that would emerge in Bernie Sanders having enough political clout to run for president in 2015 this didn't happen because there was a republican president this happened because there was a fucking liberal president and he kept on not doing things that people wanted him to do yes Having a liberal president benefits the left. It strengthens the left, and it also strengthens the right. This is pretty simple. Now, it sucks that liberals aren't super interested in trying to stomp down the right, but also if they let us do our thing, then that's comfortable for me. Here's the thing. This momentum has followed us through the Trump years, of course progressive ideology becoming more interesting to people but trump himself has become less and less permissive of free speech and that's a problem for us because we can only radicalize people if we can talk about our fucking talking points if we can't have free and open conversation if we can't demonstrate if we can't draw attention to the clear problems in our political system then we lose accelerationism doesn't fucking benefit us. It doesn't. (laughs) Trump's, like, like, it just fucking doesn't. I mean, what the fuck are we going to do? Trump wins an election, protest happens because it definitely wasn't legitimate, and he spirits away every protester that goes out. How does that benefit us? We can radicalize people under another inefficient facile fucking liberal leader this more so or as well as we could radicalize them under a literal fascist but he's only becoming worse and so i think that really needs to be taken into account now off the top of my head here those are the arguments that i can remember so to recap electoral politics aren't important we should divest from them Biden is as bad as Trump, and acceleration will be a net positive for the left. All of those are wrong, on their face, for really obvious reasons. But I want to speak to this last point that I was making, the accelerationism bit, which was a liberal president would be a net benefit for the left. Daddy Noam Chomsky and Angela Davis claim that Biden will give considerable concessions to the left. And I don't agree with them. Okay. I don't think that Biden is going to be super sympathetic to the left, and I don't think that we're going to get a whole lot out of him. I think that there are certain things that we'll get out of him because they benefit him to do. For what reason would a corporate liberal want to strip all EPA protections away, thus making all of the drinking water in the United States undrinkable? This is something that only a Trump-like figure would want. It's not beneficial to a liberal politician who, at least to some degree, bases his political power on his ability to speak to voters. Because here's another thing that I just remembered. Biden is beholden to voters in a way that Trump isn't. Trump didn't gain power legitimately and his followers don't care about what he does in office. Therefore there's fundamentally no way to impose any sort of power on Trump in a way that there might exist with Biden. I I think that Daddy Chomsky and Angela Davis were partially right, but I don't think it's a totally convincing argument. So I'm going to say that because a lot of the people who are never Biden use their argument a lot as though it's the only argument that people who are voting for fucking Biden have, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, Biden, if you, I mean, one, remember that Trump has never won with a plurality of votes. He's always won because of some failure in the system or what, maybe it, you wouldn't call it a failure
1: failure invented failure invented or otherwise like, exactly
0: uh, there's I mean so there's that like not it, it, he has never won over more people than anybody than than anybody else Biden
1: genuinely has and therefore yeah. has like some if we can radicalize people to the far left in the next four years which is unlikely to happen but he would need to start changing his political affiliation in order to to keep power and he probably exactly. would because he's a husk of a person <laughs> that
0: was the other thing i was gonna say that he is he is a politician so he isn't completely susceptible but he if looks you, at polls yeah. if you can change at, public
1: like, sentiment you can change by exactly
0: he's more of a he he's more spineless than trump I yeah
1: guess. um well <laughs> I, I i don't think it's spineless i think it's more that trump base agrees with everything that trump says and it doesn't matter if it contradicts their worldviews or his worldviews themselves yeah. it's just whatever came out of his mouth last yeah That's simple it's not so simple for joe biden so i think that they're right in some sense i don't think it's as dramatic as to be a primary argument here is my primary argument let's go Trump is going to suppress free speech in his second term. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to suppress free speech. Yeah. The feds in fucking Portland this weekend as we're recording. This won't release this weekend, but you remember it.
0: We're recording on the 19th of July right now. And this is just this weekend that this happened.
1: Yeah. So protesters just getting disappeared for having political beliefs that differ from the talking points of the federal fucking government. That's pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah. That's what happens in China. Not great shit, man. Also, journalists during the Black Lives Matter movement or er, uh, protests getting their eyes exploded, getting arrested. Eight people have been blinded since the start of
0: the protest. Blinded
1: in, the- in at least one eye. And countless people have been hurt. I mean, the press is getting the shit kicked out of them. They're being ordered to one position and then attacked by the police. They're being suppressed. Now, nonviolent protest in this country only fucking works when the press is there to see how the cops act during a nonviolent protest. It's the only way to get the message out, and it's the only way to build public sentiment. The fact that that's being... Actively attacked by Trump is terrifying. They didn't do that in the 60s, motherfuckers. All of that (laughs) film got released because the like there was no live film in the 60s. Do you people understand that that had to be delivered somewhere and then aired on the evening news? Right now, if that's how that worked, I'm pretty sure that they'd be intercepted by the cops. It's not good. They're trying to stop people from recording these things and this is going by and the republicans are actually like beyond trump are defending this that is truly fucking terrifying trump has spoken openly about wanting to attack section 230 protections for free speech on the internet this is a measure that ensures that platforms like Facebook and Twitter are treated more like forums rather than publishers because if they were a publisher they would be responsible as a company for the things that get said on their platform. Thus meaning that you couldn't call Trump a stupid doo-doo head who fucks children because then Trump could sue Twitter for libel. This would mean that political discourse on the Internet dies. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the left sure does a lot of radicalization on the Internet.
0: I mean, the Internet and uh, and social media are perfect for radicalizing different, like a mass amount of people at a time.
1: Yeah, it's really important to the left that this is maintained and yes. Trump is actively pursuing measures To ensure that it does not. And that is terrifying.
0: Absolutely terrifying.
1: Free speech in a country where socialism is still a dirty word is the most valuable tool that we have in the battle against the right. It is. We can talk about the data that cops don't work. We can talk about the data that we don't live in a real democracy where people's votes count. We can talk about these things. Therefore, we can fight back. Donald Trump doesn't want you to get to talk. <laughs> I don't know how to make this more clear to you, motherfuckers. But if free speech stops in this country, we lose. Fascism wins. It's over. Game over, motherfuckers. It w-
0: There's a reason why it's the First Amendment.
1: Yeah. Biden will not, for all of his flaws, fucking rapist... War criminal ass motherfucker for all of his many crimes against humanity is not going to stop you from talking about all of his crimes against humanity. Donald Trump will stop you from talking about those things. He's really Mm -hmm. interested in doing that.
0: Oh, he loves it.
1: It's really important that we do everything we can to stop this. Free speech is our only option. At this point, it is the way that we win. If free speech stopped today and you had to walk along the line of public discourse, we would not get to say the things that we say on this podcast. Oh,
0: oh no. Yeah. No, 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 we would not. Uh, Pine Pinecast, our host, Pinecast, would get sued uh, for so many podcasts that they host and they would have to stop either stop functioning or start regulating everything on their platform.
1: Free speech is the number 1 tool we have to fight tyranny. Without right. free without free speech, we can't do anything. We can't organize. We can't do mutual aid projects. We can't do anything. We get we, we're like declawed. We don't have anything going for us at that point. We're just going to be spirited away by the fucking feds for saying black lives matter or trans people are human and it will be bad. That's the difference. That's the defining difference. There actually doesn't need there's no second argument. That is the argument. Free speech is the point. Without that, we lose. Game over. The rest of it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, Fuck. and we're not
0: we're not talking about this whole like free speech, uh can complaining about free speech if someone gets fired for saying something stupid. We're talking about core actual first amendment free speech the government actually restraining us or keeping us from speaking
1: freedom of assembly
0: yes freedom of expression
1: freedom to burn a flag you know things like that i'm not talking i don't give a shit about a racist getting kicked out like we can talk about the fallacy of free speech on a different episode but like that falls into a completely different category we're talking about some real shit here though all this cute shit that happened in the summer because of george floyd impossible couldn't be us if the first amendment is wiped off the planet and i want you to know that like as soon as as ruth bader ginsburg for all of her many flaws drops dead that's it baby because he's gonna make a fucking uh what do you call it
0: executive
1: uh, executive (laughs) order to no longer respect free speech Everybody in the fucking Supreme Court will go yes, and then he'll say, "I would like to be God Emperor of the United States," and they will say, "Constitutional."
0: Wait, even Sotomayor?
1: The majority. Okay. They won't need Sotomayor, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say.
0: Basically, the like the women on the court will be completely overrun. Yeah, I mean
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the people with respect for the law because. Roberts, yeah, yeah. being a piece of shit, also respects the law to a certain degree, but, you know, neither here nor there. I mean, it's, um, yeah. it's just, it's not a fucking game, y'all. Sometimes you have to lick your wounds and live to fight another day, and this is that 100%. It's not a situation where, Trump gets a second term and we keep fighting the same as always. Uh second term Trump, he's crazy right now and it's an election year. So imagine next year yeah. and his power is secured for at least another four years. If you don't think he tries to overreach and suppress free speech and try and become like God Emperor or some shit, you're out of your mind. I don't really recognize or respect Bernie or Bust arguments. Or it's not really Bernie or Bust anymore. It's just never Biden arguments or like I think that it's short-sighted to be very, very, very charitable.
0: I was just telling uh, someone uh, uh, just today, I say, if you don't vote, if you don't vote in November, then you're saying, I don't care who's president. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's what it is. Like, you, you do not care that who is president, both are fine. You're good with both and anything that comes after. So if you're like, oh, screw Trump, then you got to vote or you can't say that anymore. <laughs> I will not allow it. Yeah. That's trampling free speech. How about that? That's just me.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, voting isn't a reflection of your fucking morality, bro.
0: <laughs> it's really not.
1: Put on your big, Grow put up. on your big person shorts and like get it done. It doesn't say anything about you. I'm like personally looking forward to four years of calling Biden supporters fucking knuckle dragging troglodytes. I'd much rather do it to liberals than deep, deep, deep Republicans. I much rather do it. They're more receptive. Yeah. I just yeah. <laughs> I want to have the ability feel to shame. call people troglodytes without getting spirited away by the gov. So. That's the whole argument. That's it. That's the entire episode. <laughs> fucking ride with Biden for fuck's sake. Just just fucking do it just fucking. It's less
0: than six months. you can handle it. And now we get to talk about something that's actually that we actually enjoy that we actually that's actually making us happy. So Nicole. What is making you happy this week?
1: Okay, so there's this YouTuber, and I'm gonna butcher the fucking name so bad, uh. But it's like Hyboka. That's Korean. I'm gonna put it in the show notes. Got it. They make um, like cute little figures uh, with a 3D pen. It's really cute. Um, and she talks during the episode, and she just seems like really into her projects. And, uh, like, she's super passionate about cute shit. It's it's really nice. And she does a really good job. There's a baby Finn. Uh, there's Kirby with a star. There are Ditto Pokemon. No, I want a Ditto. There's, like, a big old bun seal, fi- seal figurine. There are, like, characters from Animal Crossing. And then there's, like, also, like, this little tiny hedgehog thingy saying, hey. It's just cute. It's really fucking cute. It's really, it's nice. Um, the voiceover work is cute. She's funny. It's, it's a nice, it's a, it's a really nice break. I don't watch it very much, but I just saw it in my recommended and started watching it. And again, and just really nice. I've been really into watching people do like figurines or different like hobby work. And it's been really nice to decompress.
0: That's awesome. Uh decompression is incredibly important.
1: Yeah, so what is what's making you happy? So
0: for the past like month or so, uh maybe longer, I have been going through all of my favorite Greg Wiseman shows. Greg Wiseman is a uh prolific TV showrunner, writer, uh and my three favorite shows of his is uh in backwards order, Young Justice. Uh, The Spectacular Spider-Man and Gargoyles. All just wonderful, excellent cartoons. Young Justice is actually still on the air. It's on uh, DC Universe, uh, but it was on Cartoon Network until like 2014. And now they brought it back because it was so popular. Uh, I've gone through all three seasons of Young, of Young Justice. Uh, I went through both seasons of Spectacular Spider-Man, which is one of the... Best depictions of Spider-Man that you will ever see outside of Into the Spider-Verse, obviously. And right now I'm in the middle of Gargoyles. Gargoyles is a fantastic show that is from 1994. Uh, it's on D- uh, it's on Disney Plus, I believe. The first two seasons were by Greg Wiseman, and uh, it's seriously just fantastic. This is actually the Uh, This show actually was the first time that I actually understood time travel. Like, they actually presented time travel in a way that 12-year-old me actually completely got, which is really, really cool. 12, probably older than that. Either way. Um, So, yeah, really, really great, really fun, uh, and... It's been a real joy going basically backwards through his catalog. Um if you can watch Young Justice, uh Spectacular Spider-Man or Gargoyles, definitely check out Gargoyles. Don't don't worry about the third season. He didn't write the third season, that's why it's not that great. But uh it's if you have Disney Plus, if you have like the free month because you went to watch Hamilton or whatever. Go through. Go through gargoyles. And that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I shouldn't have to say this is produced every two weeks. So we have an episode that comes out on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. We are getting really close to our year anniversary. So that is going to be really cool. We have a great idea for that show. So stay tuned for that. If you want to learn more about today's topic, then there are going to be links and uh, interesting stuff in the show notes. Uh, If you have any thoughts or opinions or anything, there are a few ways you can can get in touch with us you can tweet at us our dms are open at say this cast uh on twitter uh you can email say this cast at gmail.com if you have any longer comments if you can go on apple podcasts or stitcher or Podchaser or anywhere that you can leave comments or reviews that would be really really helpful for the show so uh leave us You know, like five stars. Obviously five stars. Uh, (laughs) If you'd like to support the show in another way, then we have a few of ways so we can get Nicole a mic stand. We are trying to get Nicole a mic stand. Let's do this. You can go to uh, coffeeko-fi.com slash save this cast. You can go to patreon.com slash save this cast. If you become a patron, then we have a bunch of different levels that you can uh, subscribe to. Uh, You can hear the episodes early or there are a bunch of different mini podcasts that we're thinking of putting out. Uh, for our patrons so when we get some patrons that's what's gonna happen so patreon.com save this cast uh nicole can be found at jack of three trades that is three as in the number and i can be found at Press Start Lock on Twitter, or you can go to uh, starttocontinue.com. That is the website for my nerd music show. So if you like video game remixes or nerdcore hip hop, then check that out. Speaking of video game remixes, all of the music on our show is by Mustin. To hear more of his stuff and to uh, purchase some of it, you can go to store.mustinenterprises.com. That is M U S T I N. I shouldn't have to say this, is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more about that, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.
1: I would prefer a president that I can call a fucking stupid baby rapist ass murderer killer war criminal ass dumbass razzle dazzle looking ass bitch. Wait,
0: wait, wait, wait! I'm sorry. Did you say razzle dazzle?
1: Razzle dazzle. I was trying to remember like some of Biden's dumbass like insults that he hurls at people because they're so funny to me. <laughs>
0: He's um, a uh, like a like a pony something.
1: <laughs> uh, fucking... He's gonna beat him like a drum. Yeah, like <laughs> listen here, Jack.